0: Welcome to Mysteries and Oddities of War, written, produced, and directed by your host, me, Tim Guitar. Episode 1, John W. Jack Henson, Civil War Sniper, An Odd Tale of Redemption. John W. Jack Henson was born in North Carolina in 1807 to Scotch-Irish parents, Nancy and John R. Henson, Sr. Born after the Revolutionary War and living during the War of 1812, the Henson family were no strangers to hard work. The country was financially reeling and barely recovering after two wars against England so the nose to the grindstone approach was a way of life rich or poor his hard work paid off later in life as he became a prominent and successful farmer landowner and trader slave owner and businessman jack as he was called was a husband and father to 10 children so providing was essential to the survival of his family In 1862, Tennessee, his family fit right in, working towards prominence. The Henson Plantation was situated in north-central portion of Tennessee in Stewart County, a thriving farming, timber, and land sales area bordering Kentucky. At this time, and by all accounts previously, the Hensons were neither loyal to the Confederacy or the Union, despite the plantation's quite obvious southern location. Woven with backwood creeks and rivers, the surrounding areas were complete wilderness, just the kind of seclusion Jack wanted to raise his family in. As a matter of fact, these grounds were perfect for hunting and being hunted. An invaluable skill Jack would use relentlessly during his war terror. In February 1862, Jack Henson was indifferent still to the Union and Confederate causes, going so far as to lend his own resources and farm materials to both sides of the army whenever they were nearby. The Henson home was actually opened up to Union General Ulysses S. Grant when his army attacked both forts, Henry and Donaldson. However, the end of Jack's several indifference came to a bloody and gory resolve on one of those February days in 1862. That fateful and deadly day came when George, 22, and Jack, 17, we will call him Little Jack to avoid confusion, were on a squirrel hunt together looking to feed the family when their hunt came to a sudden and abrupt end. They were in short order by the union, restrained, labeled bushwhackers, executed, decapitated and paraded around town as a warning to wrongdoers against the union. George and little Jack must have been terrified when they realized the fate of bushwhackers against the union. In a matter of hours, these boys were caught, falsely labeled as traitors, tied up to trees, executed by firing squad, all without due process or judge and jury, or even a chance to rebut what had just happened more than likely. Talk about not having a choice in the matter being a victim of circumstance. But the violence did not stop there. The Henson boys' now lifeless corpses were paraded around town as a stern warning to anti-unionists. Finally, the two young men's heads were removed from their bodies and placed atop the fence post entering the Henson plantation. Can you imagine seeing this as a father returning to the farm? Sickness, rage, tears, breathlessness, must have all washed over him at once. The feeling must have been unbelievable. After the deaths of George and Little Jack Henson at the hands of Union forces, the family unfortunately fell into further peril as they were turned out by the Federal troops. The Union army offered no compensation at all as they forced the family to flee, compounding the family's troubles. Adding insult to injury, at a later time, the family home was ruined and then burned to the ground by federal forces. Old Jack had had enough. He picked a side to be loyal to and to vent his anger from. It said Confederacy, but it was the rage within his own heart that drove him The union must pay for the sacrifice of his sons. Old Jack immediately gathered his thoughts and went to a gunsmith and ordered a custom made rifle. The rifle, a legend unto itself. It was a Kentucky long rifle with a 41 inch steel barrel. This rifle when administered by old Jack was accurate at up to half a mile. It weighed a full seven pounds and was Jack's instrument of death and revenge. By war's end, it contained 36 notches. Legend has it that Captain Jack Henson's first kill was the very Union lieutenant that ordered the death of his sons. Notch number one in the rifle was for his son's murderer. So it was deep and meaningful in the rifle as well as Jack's heart. Jack is credited with over 100 kills, but the notches on the rifle at the end of the Civil War only added up to 36. What does it mean? The numbers, they don't correlate. It doesn't add up? Or so goes the tale. The 36 notches. So odd. So mysterious. Jack would end up with the title Most Prolific Sniper of the Civil War. The war was definitely personal now as he went on a terror unequaled in warfare. One specific tale of old Jack's domination as an effective sniper involved Jack alone, a steamliner transporting Union military personnel downriver and the rifle itself. Allegedly, the steamliner was cruising downstream when Old Jack, from a choice position on the riverbank, proceeded to pick off so many Union soldiers, the boat was forced to come ashore and raised a white flag in surrender. When no one showed up to capture the Union boat, it resumed its course downriver one of henson's other sons robert was also very involved with the guerrilla style war being fought in these tennessee backwoods on september 18th 1863 robert henson was leading his forces around the general wilderness areas in and around johnsonville tennessee he was killed in action and his father barely avoided capture and death himself Four different Union search parties were sent out looking for old Jack. He was never captured. Needless to say, catching old Jack was next to impossible. In November of 1864, old Jack was serving as a guide for the cavalry forces of General Nathan Bedford Forrest. General Forrest was now a legend himself on both sides of the war for his own ability to avoid capture and death. Forrest encountered 40 horses being shot out from underneath him in his tenure as a general. Old Jack this day would help raid and capture Union supply bases in and around Johnsonville where his son, Robert, had been taken from this life a year and a half earlier. So revenge was sweet in Johnsonville. Old Jack Henson amazingly survived the war despite his seemingly constant involvement from 1862 on. He lived the rest of his life in peace in Stewart County, Tennessee. He settled his son's, George's debts and taxes, paid off his estate, and took care of his home as well. Old Jack died on April 28, 1874 at his home in Houston County, Tennessee under mysterious conditions. He complained for about six hours before his death of back pain between his shoulder blades then he died it was suspected but never confirmed that he may have contracted meningitis what about the rifle the 36 odd notches on the rifle 100 kills 36 notches the math it doesn't add up why The 36-odd notches could be the count of officers killed by Old Jack. Allegedly, the first notch was the lieutenant that ordered the deaths of George and Little Jack at the beginning of Jack's terror. Old Jack allegedly did not give a damn or a notch for a union private, or so the story goes. This was a story of a father's redemption for three lost sons and for the family's loss as a group. It touches me as a father of four, but specifically a father of two sons. Some balance must be made after the loss of a son. In these days, back in the Civil War, blood was paid for with blood. To all our sons, military or not, nothing can replace you. We as our fathers will always fight for you.